Hey guys, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. So, we're beginning chapter 3, and this is a continuation on Surah Baqarah. In the first ayahs of chapter 3, Allah talks about how Allah chooses some people to do better than others, and how it is up to Allah to decide who gets more. Allah even chooses which prophets He wants to do better, meaning He did have favorites. Allah would give certain prophets different blessings than others, like how He gave Prophet Isa the special ability to heal lepers and cure the blind. Some people out of love and respect felt their prophet was better than the others and would not accept other prophets that came after them, which caused a lot of fights. Allah said He could have easily stopped people from fighting over prophets if He wanted, but, but that would require taking away people's free will. If Allah could just force us to behave a certain way, then there would be no point in this test. The point is for us to make that choice. Instead of fighting over whose prophet is better, we should focus on Allah's message and making Allah happy. Just as Allah has favored some prophets over others, similarly, Allah has given some people in this world more than others. Allah didn't give certain people more just so they could keep it. Allah gave it as a test to see if they'll share it. Allah mentions again and again, spend for the sake of your religion. So basically, if Allah has given someone greater knowledge, greater wealth, greater skill, they should not be arrogant about it. No, they should be thankful that Allah has given them this blessing, and instead of keeping their blessings to themselves, they should share their blessings. Prove your love by spending your blessings for the sake of Allah. Ayatul Kursi These verses are some of the most powerful verses in the whole Quran, and even the Prophet peace be upon him's favorite, because it talks about how powerful Allah is, how merciful Allah is, how Allah sees everything and knows everything, controls everything, does everything. How Allah never gets tired, never needs anything, never gets bored, and His kursi, which basically means throne. How Allah's throne spreads across the entire universe. It is said that if you recite Ayatul Kursi at night, an angel protects a person from shaitan all night till Fajr. In the Quran it mentions, when you hear a dog barking and a donkey making noise, seek help from Allah because they actually can see what we can't, meaning they technically can see beings from the unseen world. Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him said, limit how much time you spend outside after Maghrib. Always remember Allah and always mention Allah's name before doing anything. When we go to the bathroom, shaitan is always watching. So protect yourself by saying Bismillah before entering the bathroom. There's actually a dua that you can recite before entering a bathroom. Same thing when you're about to have intercourse. Shaitan is always present. So protect yourself by saying Bismillah. Everything and anything you do, start it by saying Bismillah. Why would you not want Allah's blessings in everything that you do? Every creation has been given their own provisions, meaning they are given what they need to survive. Birds, animals, humans, Allah gives them what they need. So when shaitan asked, well, what did you give for me? Allah says, anything that does not have my name recited on it, it is yours. This is why you should recite Bismillah before eating. La ilaha illallah is one of the greatest zikrs. It is said that if the sky and the earth and everything in between was placed on one end of a scale and La ilaha illallah was placed on the other hand, La ilaha illallah would be heavier. We learn that Allah has 99 names, each with its own significant meaning. It is said that anyone who makes dua by calling Allah with these names, their duas will be accepted. Allah says, no one should be forced to accept Islam. Allah tells us that sometimes when a person decides to start following Islam more, start becoming a better Muslim, his friends and family begin to distance because all of a sudden they think, oh, he's too religious. They feel guilty that you're becoming a better Muslim and they feel judged and insecure. When that happens, when your friends and family begin to avoid you, then that person will obviously feel alone. But Allah tells those people, hey, you have the most powerful supporter in the universe. Allah is the biggest and best supporter that you have. Allah says if a Muslim has the intention that they want to become a better Muslim and become closer to Allah, Allah helps them by slowly removing all their doubts from their heart. Allah makes their iman stronger. Do you want to be best friends with Allah? Well, if you do, then you need to follow what Allah tells us to do. Can you imagine being Allah's friend? 
a person who is granted with Allah's friendship is rewarded greatly in every aspect. Allah talks about charity again and how many people don't donate because they feel like they're losing money. But Allah says, don't think that way. Whatever amount you give towards Allah, Allah will reward you 700 times more. Whether you're donating money, your time, your knowledge, or your skills, whether you're printing flyers, cleaning the masjid, donating Qur'ans, or even tutoring kids about the Qur'an, Allah appreciates all your efforts and rewards you for everything. Doing a good deed is like planting a seed. Allah will take that tiny good seed and turn it into a huge fruitful tree. Your charity or good deed will never go to waste. Allah says when you do a good deed or donate, don't expect anything in return and definitely don't keep reminding people what you did because then Allah doesn't want it. And most importantly, make sure your intention is pure. Don't give charity just to show off because Allah will not accept it. Allah knows your intentions if you're donating just for people to compliment you. Allah also says don't count what you give because then Allah will count what He gives you. If you want your blessings to keep coming in, then keep giving because if you stop giving, then Allah will stop giving. Allah says keep your good deeds safe by keeping them private. Don't show off your good deeds. Nobody has to know how much you're donating or how many people you're helping. Also, when you give something, give something that you would want yourself. Don't give defective things. Allah says your secret good deeds and your secret charity is a great way to soften Allah's anger and wipe away your bad deeds. On the day of judgment, the size of your shade will be based on how much charity you give. Allah talks about riba, interest, and how he is against interest. And anyone who takes part in interest on the day of judgment, it'll be as if the shaitan has beaten them up. Any money that is made with interest, Allah will destroy that wealth. The Prophet peace be upon him said, anyone who gives interest or takes interest, they are all equal in sin. That means even the money in your savings account that's increasing because of interest, it's technically haram. Next, Allah mentions how everyone hears whispers from shaitan. You get such bad thoughts and feelings that you can't even talk about them in public. The Sahaba were worried that they will be in trouble with Allah because of all their uncontrollable thoughts. But the Prophet peace be upon him said, you will only be held accountable if you spend too much time on those thoughts, or if you speak about them, or if you act on them. But if that person controls it, they will be rewarded for it. The last two ayahs of Surah Baqarah were gifted to the Prophet as a treasure. Most famously remembered as the quote, Allah does not burden a soul more than it can carry. The last two ayahs are basically a dua, asking Allah not to burden us with problems that we cannot handle. Anyone who recites these two verses at night will be protected from all harm and Allah will give them the strength and confidence they need to handle their problems. Every command Allah gives us is doable. It might be difficult to do, but it is very possible. And if you are struggling with a situation, then ask Allah for help. Recite these two ayahs. The only reason we worry is because we underestimate ourselves. This is where Surah Baqarah ends, and chapter 3 continues with Surah Al-Imran. The Prophet peace be upon him said, Recite these two surahs, Baqarah and Imran, as they will come to you as two clouds on the day of judgment to shade you. The ayahs start off by reminding us that there is no God but Allah, Allah is eternal and all-powerful. Allah revealed the Qur'an to Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him, and the Qur'an says that it is the same message as the original Torah and original Gospel. Allah sent down the Qur'an as guidance for all of us. Those who don't believe will be doomed. Allah designed the Qur'an to be both literal in its message and also allegorical, meaning many verses in the Qur'an are straightforward and other verses are meant to be used as a metaphor, like poetry, so their exact meaning is not clear. Why was it not clear? Because Allah and the Prophet peace be upon him did not give the exact meaning for those specific verses. If Allah wanted us to know what they meant, He would have definitely told us. Some people specifically look at those ayahs that are vague so they can come up with their own translations that benefit them. So if there's ever something that you don't understand from the Quran, say, I accept this Allah because it has come from you and you know best. Allah says it's going to be hard to practice Islam sometimes because there are so many distractions in this world. Allah warns us, 
Do not chase this world over your deen, because this world will one day end. None of your wealth will be able to save you. Allah tells us the way He even punishes a person who does something wrong. Sometimes people do wrong and they think, it's okay, Allah will forgive me. So they continue doing that wrong and then nothing bad is happening to them. And they think that, okay, since I got away with the previous sin, maybe I can get away with more. And then one sin leads to another and another and Allah lets those people have their fun because then when they least expect it, Allah strikes and takes everything away. So don't think that just because other people are getting away with drinking and being in haram relationships or doing something bad, that you can too. No, Allah will never let anyone get away with it. It's the worldly desires that distract us and take us away from Allah. And Allah says, really? You want to have a house on earth more than you want to have a palace in Jannah? Is being popular and having fun in this world really worth being punished in hell? Allah says, yes, definitely be ambitious in this world, but balance, don't forget your deen. Allah says when you decide to start becoming a better Muslim, you'll have to let go of worldly desires. But that's okay because the reward with Allah is much greater. Allah then warns us, be conscious of our actions because on the day of judgment, all our deeds will come in front of us and will be shown to us like a movie and we'll wish that we could just somehow get away from all these deeds. Yes, Allah is all loving and all merciful, but that does not mean that you should take advantage of it. Allah will serve punishment. So if you actually love Allah, follow the Quran and obey Allah's commands. Yes, Sunnah is just as important because Sunnah are the actions of Allah's favorite Prophet, Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him. So if the Prophet did it, he did it because it was the best way to do things. So we should also do it that way. Follow Sunnah because Allah will be very happy. Allah chooses some people over others to carry out His work. So who does Allah choose? Those who remember Allah and are honest with Him. Remember Adam made a mistake, but he repented and Allah chose him because he was honest and asked for forgiveness. Why does Allah choose some people? Because Allah knows best. So ask yourself, do you think Allah chose you? Whoever Allah likes, Allah will make it easier for them to understand Islam. So if Allah gave you the opportunity to spend time, like right now, to understand the Quran, isn't that Allah basically choosing you? You could have easily been doing something else, but Allah gave you this opportunity to be listening. This is Allah choosing you. He's choosing you to be here right now to understand His message so that you can share it with your family and friends, so you can learn from it and apply it in your life. So when Allah has chosen you and blessed you, you should be even more humble and more grateful that Allah gave you this opportunity. We now get to the story of Imran and his wife. The wife of Imran was pregnant and she told Allah, whatever is in my womb is yours, that may her child serve Allah. She delivered a baby girl and said, oh Allah, I give my child in your protection. So when parents give their children in protection of Allah, that is the ultimate protection. This is part of tawakkul, faith that Allah will provide and take care of you. This baby girl was actually Maryam. Yep, that same Mary, the mother of Jesus. When Allah told Maryam that she will be blessed with a baby, she asked Allah how she'll get pregnant without a man ever touching her. Allah said, when I want something to be, it happens. You look back and all of this started because Imran's wife made a sincere dua to Allah asking for a child and she dedicated herself and Allah chose her to be the mother of Maryam who then became the mother of Prophet Isa. Allah sent Prophet Isa to teach the people of Israel. He brought with him many miracles so that he could revive their faith. Isa never declared himself as God. He called many people to worship Allah, never himself. The people of Bani Israel did not want to change or listen to Prophet Isa. So it came to a point where they actually planned to kill him. But because of the dua Maryam's mother made for her and her children, Allah protected Isa. Allah told Isa that he will take his soul and raise him from earth and protect him. People argued how is Isa born without a father if he's not God himself? Well, Allah created Adam without a father. Adam was born from dirt just like Isa was. 
Allah asks the people of the scriptures, the Jews in the time of the Prophet, how do you guys argue over knowledge that you don't know anything about? They all say they are followers of Ibrahim, but Ibrahim was neither a Jew nor a Christian. So why don't you accept the true message of Allah? In the Bible, it was actually mentioned that one last Prophet would come to them and they should follow him if they are true believers of Allah. But even when the Prophet, peace be upon him, came to them to guide them, they rejected him because he was Arab. By rejecting the Prophet, peace be upon him, the Christians are basically rejecting what Jesus had told them in the Bible. Allah says those who die as disbelievers will never be forgiven no matter how much they repent. So that's the end of chapter 3. Now let's just quickly summarize what we've learned so far. First of all, we learned that Allah decides who gets what and how much they get and whatever Allah gives us, He expects us to share it and to serve Allah, not just keep it. We learn to always be appreciative of what we have. Don't be jealous of what others have. If you want something, just ask. We learned about how powerful Ayatul Kursi is because it describes how powerful and merciful Allah is. We learned that we should always remember Allah, always mention Allah's name before doing anything and call Allah using His 99 names. We learned about the journey to becoming a better Muslim is hard and can sometimes be lonely, but we should always remember that Allah is our biggest supporter and that if we try and become Allah's friend, Allah will make following Islam a lot easier. We learned that we shouldn't chase this world, instead we should chase Jannah. We learn about charity and how even the tiniest effort will never go to waste. Allah will always reward us back with way more than we give. And whatever we do give, make sure it's not to show off. And lastly, we'll learn that Allah chooses many of us to do His work and that if you do anything with sincere intentions and ask Allah's help, Allah will definitely help you. Imran's wife made a sincere dua and gave birth to the mother of Jesus. And that dua protected Isa from being killed by the Jews. So this just shows a sincere dua can get you very far in life. Alright guys, that's the end of chapter 3. And inshallah, Surah Imran will continue on chapter 4.